20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the 34th episode of Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Morley, joined by my co-host, Ross Uglum. One great thing, Ross, about this podcast is we do not get any of our takes from limo drivers. We stick strictly to Uber. I think limos are a little bit tacky. Ross, I don't know if you have a take on that. I haven't been in a limo since my high school prom. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We... It's been quite the uh, quite the little run for cab drivers, limo drivers, lots of uh, inside information getting getting thrown around. So uh, exciting stuff, certainly. Uh, whether there's a a limo going to Detroit, a limo running through Green Bay, parked outside of the stadium. I, I uh, saw that too. The you know being being that close to Lambeau Field does have some of its benefits you know like you see a limo park there at what was it like 11 o'clock at night or something silly like that yeah exactly I, it, you know silly season really doesn't end until the season starts 100 percent, 100 percent. well Ross let's jump right into this today you know yesterday on on the podcast Andy really did a good job of doing a review of the the Morrison trade so we don't need to dive into that too much I think one thing that we that is interesting to talk about, though, is not necessarily what Morrison's role is going to be, but how does this affect guys like your Greer Martinis and your and your Anthony Tom, or uh, Ahmad Thomas's, excuse me, because you know they went from two guys that pretty much were going to make this roster, as so it would seem to, you know, now it wouldn't be surprising at all to see one of those guys go. And if one of them went, I would I would assume it would be Martini, just because his skill set seems to be very similar to a uh, Morrison. What do you think about that, Ross? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you have a pretty obvious spot there where Morgan Burnett left. They're going to you know drop Oren Burks right into that role. You would have thought, kind of coming into the season, that maybe Josh Jones. Uh, ends up in that role but it it really looks like they're going to use Burks and then the obvious I think backup for Burks who I guess would have been a backup linebacker uh, in that Joe Thomas Morgan Burnett type of role would pretty obviously be Ahmad Thomas and so the the big backer the one that they're not going to really trust in pass coverage uh, the one that they just kind of want to take on on centers and guards and and muck things up in the run game, hit, go downhill, the Jake Ryan role, if you will, I thought could have been filled by Greer Martini, but Morrison is a, you know, a mid-round draft pick as opposed to a UDFA, a guy that played 800 snaps a season ago for the Colts. So you really have to think uh, that if they don't keep five inside linebackers, it's going to be Martini that doesn't make the club and is a priority practice squad guy, and probably not Ahmad Thomas. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. And I, I like Ahmad Thomas quite a bit in that role, and I think they kind of put the blueprint right out, right in our face because, you know, when, when Burks went down, they essentially played 
Martini on first and second downs. And then Ahmad Thomas kind of came in on obvious passing downs, which is what I would figure they would do if, you know, Burks was gone for a long period of time. Luckily, it, it looks like his shoulder injury is not that severe. He should be back. I don't think they've given us a timetable yet. But, you know, hopefully he's not going to miss a big chunk of the season or if, if any part of the season at all, because he's, you know, he's been really, really promising. Those first three picks by Goody look so far so good. I mean, really. And and that um, really leads us into what I want to talk about today. As we approach the season, you know, we can start talking about guys and how they're going to produce. And so, Ross, I want to play a little game of over under with you where I'm just going to throw out a stat line. And I want just to hear your take on whether or not you think that particular player is going to you know, perform above that or below that. I mean, I, we actually put that out there on Twitter today. A lot of really good responses from you all by uh, participating in that. So appreciate you guys participating in that. Um, and if you follow along, you're going to know what I'm about to talk about. So really, the players I wanted to focus on were either newcomers or younger players, people that we don't have as good of a feel about. And then obviously some some older guys that are just always going to put up numbers. It just kind of depends how much and where and when. So the first one I wanted to get to was first-round pick Jair Alexander. And I set the over-under at 3.5 interceptions. And this one was actually really close. And, Ross, I want to hear what your take is on that first, though. I would go over. I think, you know, for for Jair, you're probably going to be looking at a 1,000 snaps. I think if he stays healthy, that's going to be a guy that plays a lot. And interceptions are kind of his deal. Josh Jackson, obviously, more so than Jair, but Josh Jackson is sort of a, a freak of nature in that way. But Jair is he's 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 a he's a ball skills guy too. And if he's going to get that many snaps, I really think an interception once every four games is is realistic. I, yeah, I, that's a good way of breaking it down too. And you, we saw the skills on display last week. The interception he made in the third, second quarter was, I mean, that's, that's a special, that's a special interception. That's not, he wasn't cherry picking. He went, he earned that, that interception. Same with Josh Jackson, the same game that got called back. But so two guys that I think are going to be really exciting. I also would take the over on that, but Twitter was really close on this. Actually, 56% of you voted on the over while obviously 44% went under. So pretty split on that. I think 3.5 is a pretty solid line on that, but uh, we'll see. I, I would say over and just, I mean, it's been, he's already kind of put it on display. So we'll see, though. It's a, a lot can happen. They're pretty deep at the cornerback position, too. He's also got to stay healthy. The next question I had were two two veteran guys, and I just wanted to, to ask who's going to have more receiving touchdowns this year. With the, you know, with Jimmy Graham coming in, he might, you know, hawk some of those touchdowns away from Devontae Adams. Of, of course, we know in the last two seasons, Devontae Adams leads the NFL in touchdown catches with is it 22 ross does that sound right yes i think it does yep because he had a he had a 14 touchdown season for sure yeah so we'll just say it's 22 i'm almost positive that's right this one wasn't as close i'll jump in on this one first i actually was i'm gonna say i think jimmy graham is gonna have a really big year i think he is gonna be a a huge red zone threat and even though Devontae Mm -hmm. adams has been that guy in the past I just really feel like Mike McCarthy has stated in the past, the quickest way to the end zone is the middle of the field. McCarthy loves tight ends. 
And I think McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, even though they maybe not don't have the best relationship at times, Aaron Rodgers is very much an extension of the way Mike McCarthy thinks. And so that's that's kind of my reasoning of why I do think Jimmy Graham is going to lead the team in touchdown catches this year. Ross, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I actually agree on that, and it doesn't look like we are in agreement with the the listeners or at least with the Twitter voters because we think you know that that maybe he's or will be Graham as opposed to Devonte. Devonte's been such an excellent red zone guy, but I, I really do see. Graham being that guy I think you could really see Devontae regress towards that eight touchdown mark and I will just be absolutely flabbergasted if Rodgers isn't in the 40s if he stays healthy of course I think Rodgers will be in the 40s as far as touchdowns are concerned and if 10 or 12 of those don't go to Jimmy man I'd, I'd be really surprised when you saw it you know in week two of the preseason where Rodgers can just drop back and throw the ball just throw it high, throw it high and high and, and hard. And Jimmy's going to go get it. And we, the last time, you know, he's never, like you could say Finley was kind of that guy, but Finley still was even different than Graham. Graham is so much more of a box out type player. So I think he's really going to excel in that role. I I mean, go with Devonte Adams too. I mean, that's not a bad, you know, he's, he's been our guy. Fans are going to really like Devonte. Uh, and he's obviously led the league in touchdowns the last couple of years. So Devonte Adams ended up winning that vote. He won with 65% of Twitter thought Devonte Adams will 35% went with Jimmy Graham. So that was a fun one. This other one, this is the closest one that there was. And it, this one is our, your boy, Josh Jackson. And I set the over under at 4.5. And my thought process behind that with going higher for Josh Jackson was he's already, he, he, he's shown it in college and he's already shown those same exact skills in the NFL. Obviously, preseason is not the regular season I get that but just seeing what I've seen I just think he's he's such a ball hawk and he's already proven it in the NFL even if it's just against backup guys so he's your boy Ross I'll let you take the the floor on this one first this will actually kind of surprise the heck out of people I'm gonna take the under and the reason for that is that I I'm, I'm not convinced he's gonna play a ton on defense unless somebody gets hurt I think it'll be like a lot of situations are with the Packers where they start with the veterans ahead. And then by like week six, they just can't keep Josh Jackson off the field. But if you're going to tell me that he's not going to play right away, it's so hard to just put him in the bank for five picks. Uh, the, the, the starters, I think today at nickel were Devon Tremont and Alexander. So if kind of a group or maybe it was King, I think it was maybe King Devon and Alexander with Tremont maybe playing some safety. But if if they really believe that, you know, Jackson is their sixth defensive back because, you know, you talk about haha, certainly, then you have to really worry about where he might find enough playing time to, you know, kind of, justify a five six interception projection yeah that's a lot I mean that's a lot of picks and to kind of veer away from the conversation a little bit you mentioned Tremont Williams playing safety I called it a hot take today you called it more of like a lukewarm take but actually I had like four or five people telling me that Tremont Williams will never play safety in this any and uh, someone even said, why would we take him away from a position he's been successful at for 11 years to put at safety? 
And it's 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 tough to argue with people sometimes. But Jermon Williams has played safety before in the past and talked to guys like Rod Woodson and Charles Woodson. Sometimes those corners uh, can prolong their career by playing safety. And especially when you want to get your best athletes on the field and you can't sit here and tell me that you think Kentrell Bryce is a better defensive back than Tremont Williams. That's kind of my thought process. We don't need to talk about that too much. We'll talk more about Josh Jackson, but did you have any thoughts on Tremont playing safe? Because you did call it just a warm take. So that's probably something that you've been mulling over for a while. Yeah. I mean, he was effective as safety. He profiles as a safety in a taller corner with excellent ball skills, decent athleticism, you know, haha is better kind of around the line of scrimmage, mixing it up a little bit than playing 60 yards off the ball like it seems sometime. Maybe that's the, the, the best way to go. And and your uh, your best five, you know, might be King, Tremont, and, and uh, you know, or excuse me, King, Jair, and Jackson at corner with Tremont and HaHa at safety. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a nickel group. I mean, it really does remove that question mark of of uh, strong safety being, you know, is it is it Cantrell? Is it uh, Josh Jackson? If you're not really comfortable in those guys, and there there are reasons to not be comfortable in those guys, maybe you just want to try and get your best five on the field. And I think that there's a pretty decent chance that those are your best five. Yeah, I agree 100%. Actually, what made me start thinking about that too really hard was listening to Andy talk about his surprise cuts yesterday and just talking about, you know, he we you know he thinks Kentrell Bryce is going to be on this team, but if there were to be a surprise cut, just kind of going with the mindset of guys in the past that they've kind of thrown out there and just said, hey, we're going to give you all this opportunity and see what you do with it. And if they don't do anything with it, you see him get cut. Uh, MD, uh, what was his name? MD Jennings, that safety that had a few, he was kind of that, similar to that where they really gave him the reins and he just never took it um, and ended up cut after a couple of years. So I could see, you know, that wouldn't so- shock me with, with Kentrell Bryce either, uh, going back to Andy's take, but um, we'll see. That's going to be really interesting how that plays out. My my take on Josh Jackson is very similar to yours as Ross, so I won't get into it too much. But five interceptions is a lot for for anyone. Josh Jackson has proven that he has those types of ball skills, but 100% agree with you. I just don't think he's going to see the field a ton right away, which is a good problem to have because he's, he's a hell of a talented player, but that's a lot of picks. So I went with the under on that too. The Twitter world actually agrees with us, but barely. So 48% said over and 52% said under on that one. So that's going to be a really interesting one to follow um, as this season uh, progresses. The next one, someone, you know, someone made a good point on this. And I think I said, I also think I set this one too high for Oren Burks at 80 and a half tackles. Uh, just because someone was like, you know, looking at Josh Jones' season last year as a rookie might be something where you'd want to start that at. And I, was, I thought that was a really good point. But I set the I set the bar at 80 and a half tackles for Oren Burks. Obviously, he's dinged up right now, too, so that plays a factor. Let's just assume that he's healthy week one. Ross, 80-ish tackles for Oren Burks. Do you think that's attainable for him in his rookie year? I'm going to go under. I think you're probably looking at Martinez and Morrison or Martinez and Martini on first down. And if that's the case, then you're talking about sub-package linebacker. I just think if you're pretty exclusively playing nickel and dime linebacker, you're just not going to be that high as far as your tackle total. Yeah. And, you know, Oren Burks is a guy that is oozing with talent. And I think that's been clearly evident in his first couple of games that he's played. 
but he's still a guy that struggles when people get their hands on him. So kind of looking at a Joe Thomas type role for him. Now, I think he's going to be better than Joe Thomas in that role, uh, I hope. But uh, that's kind of, I think, the vein that they're going to use him in. So Twitter actually said 22% thought over on that and 78% thought under. So uh, I think they both, everyone, everyone's in agreement on that. At anything over 80 tackles, we'd all be pretty, pretty pleasantly surprised. Uh, next one, this was a really close one, too. And this is kind of a, a second-year guy that I think a lot of people are excited about maybe not really sure how much he's going to play, which is also another really good problem to have, but it's Montrevious Adams. And I set the line at three and a half sacks for him. I'm going to jump in right away. I, I think he has the potential to be over on this. So I would pick the over and that would be an excellent, such a huge development for the Green Bay Packers. If Montrevious Adams could provide some, you know, consistent interior pass rush some reasons I think you might want to vote under as well as because how's he going to get on the field? You know, Kenny Clark really came on last year uh, towards the end of last season, as far as in the pass rush game, you know, Mike Daniels is clearly a very effective pass rusher. And so is, so is Muhammad Wilkerson. So at, you know, at what level is he going to be in the rotation getting in? Another thing he struggled with is, is also finishing is what it looks like so far, but I think he, he has been so disruptive in his limited snaps that, I really think he's going to carve out some kind of niche that he's going to be able to play consistently enough to get to get you four to five sacks this year. Um, I might be kind of optimistic on that, but that's going to be my one thing that I will say I really think he can do, and I and I, and I hope he can. Ross, what do you think? I'm going to stick with the under just because of playing time. That's a huge development, man. If if he is, you know, not a double digit sack, obviously, but if he if he's four or five sacks. That is really being disruptive. I just I love how he moves. I think he he adds something different. And if and if it is anything different, I just think his get off is just better than anyone else's on the team, which is saying a lot because they have a lot of really, really athletic interior linemen. Kind of just thoughts on the game last week. I know it gets broken down so much. So uh we'll kind of keep this to a short segment, some of the things that really stood out to me that I think we can get excited about is obviously it was a tough game to watch, just kind of carrying, just trying to watch these backup offensive linemen. And it's been said, but there is such a deficiency at offensive line in the NFL that you see it every preseason when these quarterbacks come out and, you know, these co- these coaches will come out and say, basically, you know, we could, we couldn't even get a look at our quarterback. And that's kind of the case for this last Friday was it was hard to get a read on really anyone so some of the guys I wanted to talk about were really just the young playmakers on defense and we kind of talked about this already a little bit with Jackson and Alexander but both those guys made incredible plays and I talked about their their plays that they that are earned and there are interceptions that are very much earned and there are interceptions that are very much given to you um, and an example of that would be is two players that actually play for the Packers you know, ha Clinton Dix, he kind of makes the plays that are there, right? He, he'll catch the ball. He'll, he'll, he's there when the ball is overthrown, but you don't see him going out and earning his interceptions as much as some other safeties in the league. Say, uh, say a Nick Collins when he was in green Bay, you know, that's a guy that I think he, you know, he had that rare turnover ability that the ball just was kind of you know, his, his hands were like magnets. He just would get his hands on a ton of footballs. There's one interception that he had when the second year Brett Favre came back and he just, you know, straight up jumped over a guy 
and, and intercepts a ball. Like that's something you don't see haha do very much, but that's something that I think you see these young corners have the potential to do is go out there and make plays on the ball and really, you know, enforce their will in the passing game. So that's something that I left the game. That was my biggest takeaway as far as things that I'm excited about. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what you see with these guys is exactly what's needed on the cornerback spot because the the way that Mike Pettin runs his defense is very similar to way that, you know, I think Mike Zimmer kind of runs his defense. And, and it's – they want you to punt, you know, and, and Capers wanted to turn you over. And these guys want you to punt, and it's a different strategy. It's a different scheme. So it's more about affecting the quarterback, disrupting the quarterback, and then the defenders are really given, I think, more individual responsibility to create turnovers, which frankly is fine and has been a successful strategy for Petten over the years. And we have really talented Darrell Rivas and good grief. I'm not telling you Josh Jackson or Jair Alexander is Darrell Rivas, but you He's need probably, those guys. better, right? Yeah, exactly. that you're trying to say. <laughs> These guys are going to have to make individual plays on the ball because Petten isn't going to play a bunch of cover two trap or or play cover one robber trying to, you know, snag these these picks out of scheme. It's going to be individually great plays that are going to produce turnovers in this defense, which is fine because more three and outs are, are good. Less scary deaths by three-man rush on third and 17 are, are good. But the turnovers are going to come because of individual talent. I agree. I agree. And that's what I think is going to be exciting with these guys as they develop. And someone that we don't even talk about is Kevin King, who, you know, by all accounts has had a great camp when he's healthy, if he's healthy, but that could be a hell of a a trio uh, that the Packers could have really, and really turn that cornerback room around in a, in a very short amount of time. And it's looking, you know, a lot can happen, but it's looking like it's, it's trending in that direction. So um, I don't really have any other takes on the game from last week. Other than I'm ready for regular season. I know this game in my backyard in Kansas City is going to be here on Thursday, which I'll actually be at. But even so, it's just kind of one of those things I almost feel like I go to out of obligation just because my team's in town. And it's not really, it's really, I've been to the last couple of times when the Chiefs have been, or when the, excuse me, when the Packers have been playing at Arrowhead. And it's just, you know, you, you get to watch the, you know, the backups. And it'll be more interesting this year with, you know, with Kaiser, Hunley, all that stuff. But, uh, but other than that, I'm really just – I'm excited for week one, man. This Once again, my name is Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley with my co-host Ross Uglum. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. If you want, um, you, you may have noticed that a lot of us Pack-A-Day people have been retweeting a really neat print. It's a, it's a local artist, I believe, that has used every single name of – Green Bay Packers since their first team to 2018, which was their 100th year uh, anniversary, obviously. So what you need to do to, to get your chance to win that, to excuse me, to win that print is you need to follow Pack-A-Day podcast and retweet. I mean, it's really cool. It's got every single, like I said, every single name on it. And then it's basically makes Lambeau Field. I'm not an artist. So I'm like, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this. But I will just tell you this. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Give Pack-A-Day Podcast a follow and uh, give yourself a chance to win that. Ross and I will be back in, I believe, my limo driver told us in a couple Tuesdays. So make sure you, you uh, keep an eye out for that. 
Other than that, we are out of topics, and we will catch you next time. Have a great weekend. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over and gets the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over. Starts to his left. Now he moves. Starts to the right side. Snap to a